Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. Hope everyone's doing well as we've gone past the half year mark and we're knowing the depth of the summer. It's probably going to be pissing it down with Ryan by the time we get to this podcast, but who cares? Hi everybody, Matt Guy here. Yep, we're over the uh, halfway mark of the year, and don't we know it? Like, I feel like summer. We did, did like we had a, a, a four days of summer. Is that, is that a film? Um, and <laughs> it's and now it's fucking dead miserable again. <laughs> Happy start to the podcast. <laughs> you know what we can actually do now. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. Countdown begins. Christmas app is on. I bet you've already got a list of the films that you're going to be watching this this December, haven't you, Stu? Well, there was a load. Well, it's going to be fucked eight because oh, there we are. First swear. Um, it's all going to be messed up here because of the World Cup. So I don't actually know how it's going to work because prime prime Christmas film time is going to be. It's normally between what seven between seven and seven and ten at night, and then watch something else. But that's when the games are going to be on. So, and I can't not watch a, a, a World Cup game. I mean, I've, I've watched pretty much everyone possible since 1998. So, mm. it's going to be it's going to be weird. So, there's going to be it might have to be prime ones, including certain Nick Cage ones that we have watched. Both of them, <laughs> um, they're both on the roster now forever. So, yeah, I don't, I hadn't thought about it. Oh, it's a logistical nightmare. Hello, well, everyone. <laughs> you've got plenty of time, though, Stu. You can uh, you can get your your plan in action. I'm sure you'll be fine. Um, obviously, that, that's Christmas time, though. Let, let's look a little bit before December. Let's start with our second half of the year review. Um, obviously, because it's July, this podcast's dropping on the 18th of July. So I thought, well, we've missed a few weeks. So why don't we just talk about a couple of films that we've already seen in the last month or so that you think might be worth uh, viewing? Matt, what's been on? Um, on your viewing schedule recently, so I went to see went to see Elvis, which we touched on last week um, a little bit. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. You know, you've got the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to musical biopics of the last few years. Um, but the, the the Elvis was different in that in the edit suite was where the magic happened. I think with this Elvis film, like. Mm-hmm. It was really well put together, like fast paced at times, and coming from the the viewpoint of of Colonel Parker made it less biopic and more musical story, which is absolutely fine. Um, but it was just a really exciting and and colourful watch that I, I was really surprised with. I didn't know because because it was like Baz Luhrmann, I expected it to be big and bolshy and grand and everything, and it didn't disappoint from that point of view. But it was. It was just a really engaging watch. Don't get me wrong. It, it by the end, I thought this is a two and a half hour film. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, it like the, the the last portion dragged a little bit, um, which was a shame. But um, ironically, the the jail that Vegas was to Elvis was the jail that the film became for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, but it was a really really good film, and I'm, and I'm glad I you know I, I went and saw it in a cinema setting and didn't wait to. You know, for it just to stream on my IPTV at home because it, mm. it, be- it belongs on a cinema screen. Your, your immediate reaction was they may as well start making films. <laughs> um, you said, right, it's five star, 10 out of 10. Are, are you sticking by that or have you mellowed on it slightly? I think I've probably mellowed on it slightly, but I, I'll, I'll see it again, which I very rarely do uh, with the cinema, if I'm honest with you, because I think like 
time is precious. Time moves by so slowly. And time can do so <laughs> <Too> much. much. <laughs> <laughs> but um I you know, I will see this again very, very soon. Um and I think it was it, I mean, it helps that I like a lot of Elvis's music and I grew up with my mum mm-hmm. being a huge fan and listening to it through her. Um, but the story's great and the the it's so grand and it, it, it it's so Hollywood, but not in a bad way, not in how when people talk about Hollywood being a bad thing. Um, I loved it. I really, really loved it. It's, yeah, there are better Chris Nolan films out there that touch the soul, but this was like half a mix of guilty pleasure and half a mix of just fantastic audio and visual spectacle. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, what you, how you just described that film is how you can describe every Baz Luhrmann film mm-hmm. there is in it. Mm-hmm. There is that guilty pleasure to it, but there's also that other side to it as well. So I, th- I think that's why I'm like, I, I didn't, I won't say I disliked it. I absolutely didn't. I thought it was a good film, but I wouldn't say I thought it was a great film. Like it's on the right side of good for me, but it's very much unfilmed uh, Baz Luhrmann. Like they yeah. probably lean into the the whole, you know, what's that old saying about when you if you either can tell the the truth or the legend, tell the legend. Mm-hmm. It was very much tell the legend, and I think I wanted a little bit more of the truth, and I I just wasn't given that. And yeah. I think that's my that's why I didn't love love it. I just liked it a lot. Mm. Yeah, I th- I think what I've factored into this as well is out, out of the three of us, I'm probably more of the mark for Tom Hanks than the, the as well. And I thought he put in a stellar performance mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so for that, escalated it even more for me why I enjoyed it. Um, and the fact that it's told in his from his viewpoint, or at least he narrates, is the reason why we as the audience are led on as part of the con. Mm. as he plays to everybody else. That's why it's more legend than truth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that that's that's a very good point, actually. I, I never considered that because we are given the unreliable narrator to lead us through this tale of everyone. Yeah. Because I remember there was parts, like really early doors, where Elvis was semi-writing um, Are You Lonesome Tonight, which I know for a fact is a song that he hates that he only did for Tom Parker. Mm-hmm. Or for Tom Parker's wife, I believe it was. But he was writing that like right at the start of his career. And just knowing those few little bits did take me out of it. But I think that's just more me than it is other people. Mm. Stu, you saw it as well. So wax lyrical or, or criticise whatever you, you feel. I think it was testament to it that there was absolute silence at the end while that there was nothing mm. no one moved everyone kind of just sat there um kind of stunned and in that in that moment yeah i was as well i, I wasn't thinking it was stop making films um we had a little giggle about it in the uh <laughs> in the foyer after but yeah in the moments i thought that was superb but then after about five minutes, I thought, well, yeah, that was good. That was a good film. I mean, it's no, it's no Top Gun Maverick, is it? I mean, it's not going to be the best film of the year. Um, but I, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I didn't know that it was going to be from the Colonel, from his point of view, from what the trailers made out. It was not that at all. Um, so that was a bit of a su- surprise for me. So 
I was kind of thrown straight away when he started yabbering on in that weird accent of his, and um, <laughs> from from a non-country, of course. And um, I like the first half better than the second half. I think that mm-hmm. might have been all the, the Baz Luhrmann ness of it all, with all the, the graphics and the flashiness and all that kind of thing. And when it went all serious and and macabre afterwards, he uh, did seem to drag a little bit. But yeah, but say that's that's picking minor points. At something that was really, really excellent, um, and it's one of them things you you recommend that to anyone, even even if you're even just a, you know I said the, the next day at work, even if you've got no real interest in Elvis, you could like it as a human tale more than anything else as well, mm-hmm. um, and it stands up and on its own from that point of view. So, yeah, so I, I liked it. I, I probably you're talking eight out of ten, something like that. It, it wasn't the best film of the year, but it was nowhere near anything bad at all. No, no, not not at all, no. But I, I still maintain they shouldn't have made this film until Elvis is dead. What's the point in making a biopic about a man who's still alive? Like, you've got to no. wait for him to die. What's the point? <laughs> Matt, have you seen anything else worthy of mention? I've started, I can't even remember the name of it, such as uh, I've only watched the one episode, but it's something I'm going to continue to watch that I enjoyed. It's this, the Netflix show about, um, like, inter- internet terrorists and serial killers and the like um the first episode is about um called it's about swatting where like people will send the send the swat team in like for people that are like live streaming on the internet and how that became like a phenomenon in the um in the like in like the twitch community web of make believe that's it yes that's right yeah web of make believe so the first episode is on swatting and then how like this guy would um make anonymous tips to high school saying there's a bomb and all that kind of stuff. And they interview him and um, it's really interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing where this show goes because it leans into the whole dark side of the web, which I'm fascinated with and, and everything about this in cell movement and all, all the stuff that was hinted at in, in the Batman with like Riddler's side of things and, and, and his communities and, um, the first episode was a really good watch. I just, with, with everything with Stranger Things and having to watch it before it gets spoiled, I've, I've had to only watch the one episode. Mm, excellent. I've just added that to my Netflix list. That sounds right up my alley as well. Stu, what have you been watching? Yeah, I'd watched the first one of that today. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how I knew what he was talking about. But yeah. Um, well, spoiler, this is four days until Thor comes out. So it, it would have been that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, and and you'll hate it. I'll love it, and there we are. E- easily done. Um, well, what is fat though at the, at the minute because he's silly is Miss Marvel. I love it. I absolutely love it, and I think because it is di- it is different to the re- the usual stuff. It has got cultural stuff behind it, uh, and actual cultural stuff, not kind of Marvelified. Um, mm. And it does represent the. Well, from what it seems to be from the people who I follow on Twitter who are American Muslims, um, not for that reason, not for some incel movement. There's no link there. Um, <laughs> that they are, they have come out in universal praise of it and saying how great it is, and that talking about stuff like the partition of India, which I had no idea about. And you think, yeah, Real Britannia destroying more countries again, and for that to only have happened in two generations ago was a shock. I generally had no idea. Um, and they go into background of all that kind of thing, as well as all the powers and whatever, as you'd expect. But, yeah, it's genuinely, I mean, it, for, 
I'm presuming it's only six episodes. It's really, really good. Yeah, I don't know. You you tapped out after twenty minutes, um, <laughs> but that's when it started getting good. And <laughs> after after the silly dad Hulk thing, um, when it actually started showing more of their where they come from and the, the, the kind of the gin and the, the mystics of it all, and it, it was kind of a little bit Moon Knighty in the kind of showing how you've got a bit of backstory and in. A bit like Shang-Chi as well, that this whole phase four stuff's been a bit of the mystical rather than yeah. the actual. Um, it fits nicely into that. But the actual real background of it and actually going to India and Pakistan and, and actually doing stuff there rather than it all being in America all the time. I thought it was really good and a really nice touch. And so and then you, you got uh, weddings and that, that kind of thing. It, it was just different, different to what you usually expect. And... I didn't know any of this stuff going in, and I know what we all know why it's got a low rating on, on all the things, and it's the least watched because it appeals to the least amount of people. It mm-hmm. does, but yeah. currently it's the highest rated Marvel TV show on Rotten Tomatoes by a mile. Um, critically, it's not difficult because they've all been shit. Uh, but yeah, critic. I mean, it's. I think it might even be above Peacemaker. Um, mm. Going the DC side of things as well, which I, I can't believe we didn't mention last week. That was that's outrageous. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, for, just give it a chance. It's different, and if you want Marvel to do different things, then at least try and watch it when it comes out. Mm. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the, the main reason I haven't watched it is purely because I then I've been doing Stranger Things and The Boys, and I've not had time. So the plan was to just wait until we got to the end and then binge the whole series, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I, I will watch it, in fairness, because the reviews have been very positive. I think that they massively cocked up putting it out at the same time as Obi-Wan. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, I mean, we've spoke about this fairly recently. Like, there seems to have had a glut of really, of my kind of TV shows all put out at the same bloody time, which just hasn't helped things. I mean, for, the, um, for them, I mean, it's their own company, so there was no reason to do this. Yeah, and if, no they, if they had to get this out before Thor, then fine. That's understandable. Just move Obi-Wan back. No one cares. There's going to be no more Star Wars anyway for the rest of the year, is there? So build more anticipation. It's just a bit silly all, all round, but I think it, and it's going to get lost in the weeds again, like a lot of things are. Mm, yeah, I think so. Uh, but you touched on the the only other thing, like everything else that I've watched was either mentioned last week or on our last um, question cast. So the only other thing that I've watched recently would have been the Obi-Wan series, which I was a little bit disappointed with. Like it was fine, but no more than fine. Um, th- there was a couple of scenes that really took me out of it when you had uh, Hayden Christensen fighting with you and McGregor, but Hayden Christensen clearly looks 20 years older. Like they haven't even tried to put makeup on him. He looks so much older than the last time we saw him. It looked ridiculous. Um, and just the general series was almost villain of the week esque. It didn't feel like there was a proper overarching storyline. It felt very piecemeal almost. And it, it didn't work for me, which is a shame because I, I thought you McGregor was fantastic. And I thought uh, Reva was a really good, interesting introduction into that universe. Um, sadly, I, I assume that we probably ain't going to see much of her ever again. Um, but who knows with these things, they, they might go back and give us more. So th- there's a couple of positives, but mostly negative for me, I think, with uh, with Obi-Wan. 
I mean, considering again, it's their own company who did the who did the de aging on Mark Hamill really, really well in <laughs> literally months ago, and again, just weird, weird decision making when because I, I when I first saw that, I looked and I thought they haven't have they done it and it's really bad or they're just not bothered. <laughs> And I, I couldn't tell at first because no. you can't, can you? And then you look at you and think, well, uh, why has he got his braid? Surely he'd have his longer hair from when he was turning. Um, again, this doesn't really make any sense. Um, but then I look at you went on Twitter and there was a lot of people saying, oh, it's it's good to see them at the, at the current age. And I thought, well, that's not the point, is it? And it's no, no, not when he was supposed to be like nineteen or whatever he was supposed to. Be. The, those people said, "Oh, it's, yeah, but it's, it's a flashback of his, in his current mind." I went, yeah, but he's, a, he's a Jedi; he, he can remember things. <laughs> it's like like it's like, like <laughs> fake memories that you get that you think happened that didn't that you only mm. see from a photo. So it's all of it odd. Um, but yeah, they should have de-aged. However much we hate it, they should have done it for, to make any kind of sense at all. Mm. And I, I do agree. I mean. I, I thought the kid was good. I thought the kid as um, Leia was all right as child actors go. I think she was she got the character yeah. as good as she could possibly have done. But again, I, I think my issue was I never got over the the first time we see her where she's being chased through the woods, and the people who were chasing her are like they're not even jogging. No, no, that was... because they're trying to make it look like they can't keep up with it. It was just <laughs> it was silly bollocks, and I never got over that with that kid. So. I just couldn't warm to her. That was her fault, though. That was then. It wasn't, but them's the breaks, I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's the only other thing that I thought was worthy of mention. And to be honest, it wasn't really worthy of mention. It was pretty cack, to be perfectly honest. Uh, So for the rest of July, um, two big releases left. We've got the Jordan Peele film, Nope. Um, I think they've done an absolutely wonderful job of showing us several trailers and they've told us absolutely fuck all about this film. I watched the last one, which was released a couple of weeks ago at this point, and it's supposed to tell you like the most before we get into the cinema. And all I can say is I think it's supposed to be about an alien invasion. Like, There's no real hard and fast evidence in that trailer to tell you about it, so... They've done a wonderful job with these trailers. So often we criticise them for showing us too much. And with this one, they've shown us a lot without telling us a single thing. Stu, you're also a big Jordan Peele fan. And it feels like we've been waiting a lifetime since us hit the cinema. So how excited are you for a, a modern the modern day Hitchcock's work to come back to the screen? Yeah, it's it's he still doesn't get any credit though, does he? <laughs> no one no, talks about it. It's only us and like people in the in the kind of I say horror community. I'm not even part of the horror community at all in in any any stretch of the word. But it's like certain people on Twitter you talk to and you say talk about Jordan Peele and you think, okay, fine. But even they don't talk about his actual films. They talk about his comedy stuff and you think, well, just give it a chance. It's amazing. All of it is amazing. I and mean, obviously, I've 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 watched nope trailers whatsoever. Um, <laughs> as is the way. I mean, it, it was it was especially hard watching Elvis because that that was a whatever that was for was it Thor? It was Thor. They're trying to ruin yeah. Thor for me, were they? Um, so that that was hard. Um, but yeah, bring it on! I can't wait. I mean, this is this is it's day one at this point. Excellent. Don't yeah, even care what it's wait. about. Don't care what it's about. Day one. <laughs> and plus, like Daniel Kaluuya's in it. I'm such a big fan of that guy that I'd have been there regardless. I think. But yeah, excellent. 
Uh, the other big film is the one that was supposed to be out on my birthday, and I'm still annoyed that it got pushed back. Uh, that is the DC League of Super Pets. Uh, Matt, you're very critical of the whole comic book movie world, in you know, with legit reasons, I think, as well. Do you think that this is a good idea of a way forward that they can just tell individual stories within the comic book world that don't have to have massive ramifications and change the multiverse for everybody? Do you think this is a good idea to just give us individual stories? Well, listen, I've only seen the trailer for for this and it looked more interesting than the majority of superhero films I've seen over the last 18 months or two years of this of this podcast. Um, I think it's good that they are doing something, from a purely business and marketing point of view, it's good that they're doing something as an, an entry point for kids as well. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Kids will see this, they'll move on to other animated um, superhero stuff, maybe, in, you know, Spider-Man to the Multiverse, stuff like that. And, and then it's a gateway for them to get into that product so it's a genius move really but it looks fun it's got the rock in it and kevin hart are always a great combination um and i think this is a good move and it it looks decent to be fair um i can't criticize it for that um it's nice to have something that i don't need to i don't need any kind of backstory to it it helps though that i know about some of the characters that they talk about in the trailer, like it helps, but a kid doesn't need to know that to have a good time with this. And as much as we will talk about this film, like it's a serious piece of work, it's a kid's (laughs) film um, at the end of the day. So it doesn't really matter our opinion on it. It it only matters for people that are 20 years younger than us, or even long more than that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think it's a good thing that they're doing this and hopefully it hits a, it hits a home run. Yeah. I echo those sentiments completely. Uh, so we'll move on to August now. <clears throat> August looks like it's going to be the month of Idris Elba. We've got two Idris films coming out in a month, which seems to be absolutely incredible. Uh, first up is a film called Beast, which is released on the 19th. Stu, this basically looks like it's going to be Primal that we saw with Nick Cage. <laughs> but they've actually got a budget for it. We've got Idris Elba, Charto Copley starring in this movie. I don't know a lot else about it. The trailer looks quite interesting. A family goes into the outback, possibly in Africa, and a lion attacks. Like, it looks proper, Not it looks really lowbrow, but really, uh, what's the term, like an, an elevator pitch. They've got 30 seconds to sell a film, and the film is a lion attacks Idris Elba. <laughs> what, what more can you ask for in a movie? Yeah, with Shelter Copley as well, which is always, it's always a fun time. And he's another one of them. He's he's another one of the, on the uh, on the good guy must watch list with Andy mm. Serkis. <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of silly nonsense it is. I'll go and watch it. So, yeah. And obviously, everyone loves Idris Elba. I mean, you see him every single day doing doing different. I was sitting on a different advert today on a plane. I don't know what that one's for. Um, uh, it was Sky. It was Sky Glass or Sky Go or whatever. Okay, like his Sky right. thing. That was that was last year. And now he was on a plane doing something. He's a, he's on telly every day, and yet you still want more Idris Elba, and he doesn't age. So bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, the other Idris Elba film uh, that one's released on the thirty first of August, and this is the three thousand years of longing. Um, 
It's a return to the screen for George Miller. We haven't seen George Miller since uh, Mad Max Fury Road, which was, what, 2015, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. It looks both weirdly similar, but also wildly different to what we're expecting from from a, a Mad Max director. How's this one grab you? Hmm. I'm not sure if it does. This essentially is American Gods meets Aladdin meets Calendar Girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm not sure yeah. and I'm not sure how I feel about that, if I'm honest. Like mm. uh, it looks like it's batshit crazy and it looks like I should enjoy it, but then Sam watched a trailer with me and all and, and Sam just said to me, Oh, so basically her her last wish is that Idre Elba can give her that genie dick. <laughs> Essentially, like yeah, her last yeah, wish will be that he now is a human and they can go to Bone Town. That's essentially what like the plot of the film will be, and I'm got no reason to not believe her because it's probably exactly like that's all, all, all. That's pretty much what it looks like straight from the off, and it's this crazy wacky world. But then you've got the the, the old tropes of like the older women f- fancy the genie, and it's uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll watch it with trepidation, but I'm not expecting it to be a banger. Mm. I've got to admit, had it not been George Miller, Idris Elba, Tilda Swinton, I would probably have ignored this film. Mm-hmm. But those three names on a film is going to make me watch it, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you are right. We all know that the ending is going to be, I wish that you were a real boy. That's basically what it's going to boil down to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on to September, that's the month that Disney Plus takes over. We're getting a Pinocchio live-action film with Tom Hanks. Uh, Matt, obviously you've already said that you're a big Tom Hanks fan. Do we need more live-action or semi-live-action versions of Disney classics at this point, though, Matt? I, I, I think we do. I think we do. I think these stories need to be told to new audiences and... I know I th- I, if I remember correctly, I remember you being maybe you were, maybe you weren't critical of like the the live action Jungle Book and mm-hmm. like the ones that came around around that time. I I enjoyed and I think I you know I'll enjoy this as well. I mean, especially if it leans into the more because it's it's setting like a fascist time, isn't it? Um, I think so. Yeah. So if they lean into that a lot more, I think that the, especially with the director, this has got a, this has got the chance to get really dark really fast. Um, and if they lean into that, especially, I think that you know, there's a, there's a story there to be tell. Listen, if we're getting constant revamps of everything under the sun, it might as well be something that um, are adored tales throughout time that are, that are retellings, as opposed to the next fucking Fast and Furious. You know what I mean? <laughs> that that's completely fair. Yeah. Um, obviously, you touched on the director, Robert Zemeckis. He's got a wealth of excellent films behind him. We are also getting another Pinocchio film come out later this year. I believe it's Stop um, stop Motion with Guillermo del Toro. Now, I expect that to be a very different kind of film to the one that Disney will be pumping out. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I am looking forward to that one, purely because I love del Toro's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've got the opportunity to have both sides of, of, of what, we enjoy as the extremes of our tastes here really mm-hmm. the dark the dark and miserable and then the massively colorful and bright which seems to be there's no middle ground for us on this podcast <laughs> um so we get the chance to have both really with these two releases mm. Stu, i can't remember what are your opinions on the live action ish remakes of classics 
whatever. I mean, I, I like the the um, Beauty and the Beast one, um, but I right. like Beauty and the Beast anyway. Back in the nineties, I remember watching that one, and I don't. I'm trying to think of how many I've watched. Is that the only one? Maybe I've seen. I might have seen the Jungle Book. I, I, I honestly don't. I can't remember, and that's not a good sign, is it? So, um, I've seen. I've seen it already. I don't care. Um, that's the thing. But again, mm. it's not everything's made for me. Is it? I mean, it'd be a messed up world if it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> but it's it's got to the stage now where there's so many things being remade that. If I've already seen it, then it automatically goes to the back of the queue because there's so many other things to watch. Mm. Um, but saying that, uh, stop motion Del Toro Pinocchio, we know it's going to be fucked up. So, yeah, it could be a dark version of it. Yeah, it'll be messed up. But you can see, you can almost see him like Pinocchio sitting on his back and a woman like straddling him and getting to tell a lie that way, that kind of thing happening, and. It wouldn't surprise you at all. Um, but that kind of thing, yeah, bring that on. That's different, but nah, not not for me. Not this time. Hmm. Uh, Matt, Hocus Pocus 2. I don't know why, but I feel that you're probably the one most excited about this out of the three of us. Is that fair? Um, if most excited means because I'll get a night to myself because Sam will see it on the night it's released, <laughs> um, then yes. I, I've got nothing against Hocus Pocus. It's just... Um, it's just not. It's just not my world. Like Sam went to go see it in the uh, the Halloween just gone because City World released it and she got dead excited for it. And this is. It's nice to see her be excited for a film at the cinema and not just me dragging her along to see something because uh, it's Orange oh, Wednesday. This one is Disney Plus, so I feel that you may have to be. There's no escape. This is a terrible, terrible development. This is um, a sidebar to that. I don't know if I've mentioned this on this podcast, but. I have grown up immensely in the last year to realise that whereas before I would think of Love Island as the absolute worst thing on television, yes, I now respect it gratefully for the fact it gives me an hour to myself <laughs> six nights a week. Seven. Because for the, it's not on a Saturday, is it? Yes, it is. It's uncut bits on a Saturday. Oh, oh. good God. Oh, sorry, sorry, Stu. Um, I get, I get, you know, I get an hour to myself where Sam is in her happy place. I am in my happy place doing whatever it is that I want to do and just get that hour. And whereas before I used to think, God, what a load of shit this is, but you know what? She's happy and I'm happy having my hour to myself. Everybody's happy. So thank you, Love Island for, 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 for existing, um, because you have brought some happiness in my bitter shallow life. All that Australian bollocks that you watched, that married at first sight and all that kind of nonsense. <laughs> How could you not love like Love Island? It's exactly the same stuff. No, it's not, Stuart. Don't be silly now. Come, come. Mm. I've got no horse in this fight. I've <laughs> dug in this fight even. I've not watched a second of either of those shows. I just know that they're not going to be for me, unfortunately. Anyway, moving on, uh, we've also got a big screen adaptation of Salem's Lot. Stu, Stephen King adaptations have been a mixed bag, to say the least, really. Um, this one is going to be written and directed by Gary Doberman, who did Swamp Thing, It's Annabelle. Does that give you with confidence, uh, fill you with confidence for this adaptation? I mean, yeah, because I loved it, both of them. For part one more than the second, obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, you wanted, you wanted to say that. 
Um, other than anything else in his in his filmography, to for me to be never excited about this film um, because it could have gone a very different way. I mean, we all know how kind of weird and campy the uh, the original eighties, well, the eighties version of it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Curry, so it could have gone down that way, and it went down the. Saying it was terrifying, but it wasn't terrifying to me. But there were some people who I watched it with were were almost on, like they were liquefied in fear. <laughs> I mean, yeah. To be fair, we watched it in four DX, and the water and the blood and all that kind of thing was quite horrific. Um, but still, yeah, bring this on. I and mean, I like I like Stephen King. I mean, there's like things like Under the Dome, like there's a series that no one watched, um, adapted from one of his books, and yeah. It, the ending, as per usual, was a bit shit. <laughs> but even things like that, I mean, that was, a f- I think it was four seasons in the end. Um, nice idea. Relatively well executed. Nice old time. And that's kind of what I associate with Stephen King, really, uh, on the whole. Um, never never want to say no to it. So, yeah, bring mm. it on. I will always say, if you like Stephen King, I would recommend The Mist to anyone. Yeah, the yeah, film, yeah. not the TV series. I've not seen it, but I'd heard the TV series was a bit shit. But yeah, the film, one of my favourite Stephen King adaptations. Brilliant. Uh, there's another film out in um, September that I'm quite looking forward to called Don't Worry Darling, which is the Florence Pugh and Harry from One Direction. Oh, um, that's pretty well. I thought that really good, like a, a mix between Stepford Wives and Vivarium. It's incredible, that does. Yeah. yeah. And it's got Gemma Chan in as well. And she was like a highlight of that really terrible Eternals film. So I'm hoping this might be the, the film that gets to launch her into to Hollywood a bit more, I think. But I'm really looking forward to that. And it might just be because Florence Pugh can do no wrong in my eyes. But I, I am looking forward to it. Uh, October. Halloween is coming. Uh, it's coming to an end as well because Halloween Ends, the film, is released on the 14th of October. I've still not seen Halloween Kills from last year. And honestly, I feel like Michael Myers is not really the great villain he's made out to be. To be. like, He's not the most interesting of the whole horror franchises for me. Stu, do you give a shit about the Halloween franchises and Halloween Ends? Um... Yes and no, because, I mean, I like the original, okay? Mm. And then I like the reboot, kind of sequel, whatever that... We need a proper phrase for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but same as you, I didn't see it last year. I don't know, and I don't know why. So uh, I went to watch Candyman, and mm. it was it was, it was was primed, and I thought, well, yeah, I like the, I like the reboot, remake. Um Let's go and see this one. And I never did. And it's been sitting there all year long. <laughs> we all got access to it. And I just never I've never watched it. So I think just out of curiosity's sake, I will watch this. Um mm. it's just because it does need to end sometime. <laughs> um but no one really talked again, like we, we talked about before, no one re- with Peaky Blinders, no one talked about kills, did they? No. Uh, and it's never a good sign when no one talks about things. And you think something like that would be memeable, and it nothing, like yeah, nothing it, it whatsoever. Came, came and went, didn't it? Um, yeah. The reason I didn't bother, like our friend Ash Ash Dolan, he just shat on it, like, and he's a fan of them, 
I thought if a fan of them doesn't like it, someone who doesn't really care, he's not really going to bother. Matt, you're not really much of a horror hound. Where does Halloween sit for you? The, I, I like, you know, the the original more as a history piece more than anything like mm. understanding it and appreciating it as for what it did for the genre but i've got i've got no real interest in in watching any of the rebooted versions of of this kind of stuff unless they're touted as being sensational i've had my heart broken with texas chainsaw massacre enough to mm. to not really give a lot of stock to this kind of stuff i mean maybe when it when when it was rebooted and it was so excellent that I had the opportunity to change that but um, there are only so many hours in the day, and I, I don't think I can dedicate it to stuff that I'm not that bothered about like this. No, that's entirely fair. Uh, the other film that's going to be big in October, Black Adam, finally gets his DC release after the the rescheduling fiasco that was earlier this year. So The Rock has finally entered the chat when it comes to the superhero realm. We've seen the f- first trailer. I presume Stu hasn't seen it, but the first trailer has been released. I thought it looked exciting as someone who knows a lot about DC Comics, but I also realised that a lot of the characters in it are ones that most people probably have no idea about. Um, Matt, thoughts on on Black Adam? Yeah, I'm, I'm holding I'm holding judgment on it for now. Um, I, I like the look and feel of it, and I think you always get intrigue because it's The Rock. But I do think that we're now at the halfway point in the year of fatigue with The Rock as well. I think <sighs> it's starting to turn slightly, maybe. It's never going to happen. I, I think <laughs> it is. Um, and I'm not saying you need to do a dramatic piece now to like to, to as a paddock cleanser, but I don't know. Superhero fatigue 100% has kicked in. Um, whether whether the rock fatigue has kicked in, maybe maybe or maybe not. But it looks, it, I mean, it looks, it looks good enough. But it's never going to be something that I'm going to absolutely. It do, it's never going to be a something that I get a midnight release showing for um, because I don't, I don't have the the prior knowledge and I won't get all of the innuendos and all of the subtle nods to to things I, I, that would pass me by. Stu, what are your thoughts? I've got no idea about any of it. <laughs> I've got no, I've got no clue. Um, which is, in a weird way, I'm quite looking forward to because a lot of Suicide Squad characters I didn't really know who they were, mm. and the Suicide Squad, not that shit one. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it made no difference. And like Peacemaker and what came from it, how brilliant they were. Um, just lumping them together with characters I had no idea about and didn't care about going in. I'm going in with an open mind. Um, The stuff like, I mean, I like the uh, Snyder Justice League more than you two, I think. Mm -hmm. And I've watched that in the normal one and in in, uh, black and white. And it's sitting there over there and I'll, I'll watch it again at some point. But it's, it's a time commitment more than anything else. But things like The Suicide Squad was fun. I haven't seen Shazam. Don't care. Aquaman. I liked Aquaman. Who knows what's going to happen with the second one now with... Mm, that's what I say. Um, but yeah, Black Adam, just for a curiosity point of view and the fact that it's The Rock. Mm, so yeah. 
with characters I don't know of, so I've got no no investment in yet. So yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, excellent. Um, we'll get to Shazam in a little bit, but I I would thoroughly recommend the first film. It's it's a fun movie. Um, but moving on to November, the big release really in November is Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which I just realised when I was writing this up is less than six months away. And we seem to have heard and seen very little from this movie. And pretty much everything we have heard is basically that Letitia Wright has been difficult to work with. Um, it doesn't bode well that they've been hiding this movie somewhat, especially in light of, um, you know, Chadwick Boseman no longer being with us. You'd think this would be one of their their tentpole movies and it feels like they've hidden it away somewhat. And maybe it's just me because Phase 4 has been... A bit shit, to be perfectly honest. But what little interest I had in Black Panther 2 before just seems to have completely gone now. Stu, what what do you think? Have you got any hopes and fears for Black Panther 2? I hadn't even thought about it until now. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I mean, where is Black Panther on my, on my rankings? Because it's, like I said about Miss Marvel, it's not for us, is it? That's the bit, so it's... It's number 10. So it's 10 mm-hmm. out of 20, uh, 28 so far. Um, well, 27 if we discount Eternals. Um, <laughs> so it's just there. I, I liked the first one, clearly, um, more than a lot of the others. I'd rather they do this than be like this though, than talk about it all the time. And mm-hmm. maybe because they've had so much to get out, so like Moon Knight... And Miss Marvel on Disney Plus, and then we got Thor. I mean, I haven't really seen much for Thor either, really. Mm. Um, I think the last week was well, when we watched Elvis was the first time I'd seen a track been uh, infiltrated with a trailer for it, and that that's a week out, especially in the cinema. And obviously, there's the trailers online and stuff, but in the actual cinema itself, to go all that time. Normally, you bombard, and I have to do my ear popping thing, and it hurts me. But <laughs> I am. Um, that was the first one I'd seen. And maybe this is the new way of doing things, and I'll bring it on. I like it this way. That Don't talk about it. Just release it. You know 13, 14 years in now that people are going to go and watch it in the billions, um, and it's going to make shitloads of money, like Doctor Strange 2 did. When you look at mm. when I was having that argument on Twitter where I, a couple of months month ago, like someone said, oh, well, Doctor Strange 2 didn't make anyone. Went, well, literally did. You, yeah. It doesn't take you. You could just Google it, and you can see how much money yet again. Um, people went to watch it in the drove, so it's it's going to be important um, for certain people. Is it for us? You're going to hate it anyway because you 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 like the first one because of Chadwick anyway mm-hmm. more than the actual film. Which again, when when I watched all of them back, I tend to agree a bit more. Um, that it wasn't as good as when I first watched it, and obviously that that end fight scene with the monorails was absolute shit. Um, so we'll see. And I can't. Is there anything between now and then after Miss Marvel? I can't. I don't think there is. Is there? Um, Not on TV. I don't think. No. So maybe there's a big build up for that because very important the first one was, and how critically acclaimed the first one was as well. But. Six months out, well, five months out does seem a bit dry. And, you know, I agree with that. I don't know why. 
Matt, should they have left Wakanda alone? You know, knowing that, you know, Bozeman's not going to be there. They can still use the characters, but just take them over to New York when needed. Or is this the right thing and getting back to it? That's a good question. I don't think that... How do I say this without coming across really callous? But yes, it's awful what happened to him and, and his legacy. But is, is it any worse than anybody in Hollywood dying? It's oh, a terrible thing to put. Mm-hmm. Like, like people die all the time in 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 the arts, and we don't stop making a genre of music, or we don't stop releasing a kind of album, or we don't stop releasing a book, and so make it a make it a legacy piece make it a celebration of his his impact on the first film not try and hide it away because of risk of tarnishing it you know what i mean like let's make yeah. make it a celebration yeah. of his of of why black panther was so celebrated and why because it was something different because we didn't get a superhero story in new york because mm. there's fucking loads of those let's let's do it in wakanda let's do all the story in wakanda do you know what i mean let's celebrate what made that film at the time feel unique as opposed to every single cookie cookie cutter Marvel superhero film that we get. Mm -hmm. Absolutely fair. Uh, Moving on to December Avatar Way of the Water. Stu, this is all on you, mate. I can't (laughs) wait. I can't wait. You don't understand. I mean, I, I've, I've talked about this for the whole two years that we've been doing this podcast. I, generally, I'm, it might be a midnight release. I, I might even go to Birmingham and stay there and just go and watch it. Because <laughs> no one's going to come with me anyway, are they? So I might go to midnight midnight IMAX in Birmingham and stay in the in the Weather Lodge. Just be, just so I can see it first. I, I, I honestly can't wait. It's, it's one of my favourite things ever. And I, I went to watch it the other day. And I thought, no, not yet. No, I can't watch it again yet. And I've only seen this film twice in my entire life. <laughs> and because I love it, I love it so much, I don't want to ever tarnish it. <laughs> Which sounds... Why, Stu? Yeah, why? I don't and I know. don't mean, I don't I don't mean know. why it isn't. I'm saying it's a bad film, but it just seems such a strange film to, to be the super fan of when... You could watch Pocahontas and watch the same story, and it'd be better. <laughs> and, and Fern Gully, yes, I know, haha. Ha. Yeah. But you've you've probably never seen Fern Gully, have you? You're too young. No, I've not seen Fern Gully. No, no, it's excellent. I actually said this to Gully on the fancast, and he thought I was joking about that. There was a film in the eighties that was was shown at, at school about acid rain, and he didn't even know what acid rain was. I went, no, it was it was another one of these things that that they used to push on us, like COVID. <laughs> let's get there, but no. <laughs> I don't know why I love it so much. It doesn't make any sense, and yet I know it's it's probably like that that space that that film on Mars that that John thing that I can never remember the name of. John Carpenter. There you go, John Carpenter. No, John, John, John Carpenter. Carpenter sorry. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's pretty much like that, but blue. And I know it's not the best film in the world, but I just I love it so much, and I don't know why it doesn't make any sense. I think there's, there's an element of like everyone knocking it makes you just rally against them to like it even more even though it's a bit shit oh no i've, I've loved it ever since like, the first moment i saw it okay man because I, I can't remember who i watched it with in my in my 2000 my goldie might have been there i don't, I don't know they'll, they'll let us know who went we were, watch you, it were with you, me. were you did, did who hurt you Stu? because <laughs> you've obviously used this film as a regression like 
something happened at the time and you went and saw this film and you used that as a as a, as a blocker to whatever traumatic event happened to you at the time you know i've never know i've never known someone talk so passionately about this no. film you know what I, i've got an avatar avatar uh, hold all um there i've got my shin pads in for football um it's a, yeah it's yellow so it's sustainable um <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Maybe because they're, they're blue cats and cats are nice. Again, don't know. But I remember coming out of this film thinking that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And I when it when it when it was released on HD DVD and not Blu-ray at first when that whole battle was going on, I was genuinely upset because I thought I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to find a way of getting a HD DVD player now to watch this again and. Eventually, it came to Blu-ray years later, and that's when I watched it again for the second time. But that was on a, that was on a TV in 3D, not on a projector in 3D. That's the that's the next phase. And I'm going to watch. What do the what do the dozens of you that love this film call yourselves? <laughs> the Yavatites or the <laughs> the pure? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. We 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 can we can link our tails all day long. Don't worry about I that. Bet you, I bet you do. Don't. <laughs> Don't Google space um, docking, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I didn't know what docking... I, I was looking at docking for something that happens in Lightyear, and it's a very different thing altogether. Um, <laughs> I'd never heard that term before. No, always, always wide open. Um, not, one, not, not one for our Jewish listeners, put it that no, way. No, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, I, I honestly can't wait. And... I haven't done it in two years, but I will be taking over the uh, the cage fighting Twitter account that night when it happens. Because I, oh, look, you got me all wound up now. I need to drink myself to sleep. I'm too excited. <laughs> Good God! So, like about a month ago, it was all about Tom Cruise, and now it's about. <laughs> and uh, I've 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 worked it out anyway. You're an avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible, Matt. Are you even slightly bothered about watching Avatar two? I'll see. Yeah, I'll go see it because it looked beautiful in the trailer. I yeah. saw, like, it looked incredible. Um, but I'll go see it in like 4DX for the spectacle of it, not mm-hmm. the not the fact that I'm I'm looking forward to it because of its plot merit or anything else. Like, it, I've got no doubt it'll be like a decent film. It'll be amazing to watch. But I've just never known someone get so excited about no. this film. Well, it's no. bizarre to me. But hey, listen, different strokes for different folks. Mm. Um, thankfully, after that, we've got 21st of December, we've got two films coming out that I'm quite looking forward to. First up, though, Matt, you're the cage fighting music man. How's a Whitney Houston biopic for you? I want to dance with somebody. I am a bit nervous about this one, only because... There's there's all the there's all the kind of domestic violence and drugs and all sorts involved in this story, isn't there? If I remember correctly, with yeah. Houston. Um, now all of the let's let's talk about the three major biopics that have come out over the last few years: Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man, and Elvis. Um, all of them, whilst all three stories are tinged with controversy and negativity and stuff like that, the three of them aren't. Their celebration pieces at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really hard for them to make this a celebration piece, considering what happened, sadly, to Whitney Houston in her life. So, is it going to be really macabre? Is it going to be really? Um, I, I've just, I just don't know how they'll play this one out. 
I think what they need to do is lean into the, um, just looking for an IMDb, what's love got to do with it? The Tina Turner biopic from the 90s. Mm. I think they're going to have to lean into that of it and go with the, the the roughness of what was going on between Whitney and Bobby. Because I, I actually say, like, there is a happy story at the end of it, but you have to go through a lot of shit to get there. And I don't think you can skirt over the domestic violence issues that was going on there. Like, with Elvis, they completely overlooked the fact that Priscilla was 14 when they met. And you can sort of do that because it's as much Priscilla's story as it is Colonel Tom Parker's in that movie. Mm. Um, So I I get why they've done that. I don't feel that you can do that with Whitney Houston. I think you need to to get into the weeds of it and, and talk about the the awfulness and how she managed to come out the other side. Mm-hmm. Albeit, I know it didn't end in her life particularly well. Uh, I believe it was a drug overdose, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am kind of looking forward to it, though. It, it'll be an interesting story nonetheless, because I do think that Whitney Houston is a very interesting character to, to look at. I think we, as not being from that world musically, probably don't appreciate how much of a mega superstar she was as well like uh, to the point where she's mm-hmm. up there as one of the most successful and beloved um artists of all time whereas to us it's that song and the bodyguard that's like all probably <laughs> what we think about so yeah yeah I, I was flicking through tiktok the other day and occasionally like just a random song might pop up and um oh, what's it called let me just double check it is it's not right, but it's okay, came on. Someone mm. was dancing along to it. And I thought, fucking hell, this is actually a really good song that I don't think I gave any time of day when it was first out. And, yeah, I think she she did have some absolute bangers that maybe it's just because I'm a male of this age that it never quite made an impression on me. But listening back to her back catalogue now, she has got some absolute belters in there. Mm. It's 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 one of those like my surprise over music these days holds no bounds these days. I, I don't know who I am anymore because Harry Styles' new album is an absolute delight on the ears. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows yeah, anymore? Who knows? <laughs> I mean that, that song as well is my um, my backwards dancing song at weddings. So it's um, it'll be hard to sit in sit in my seat and not kind of drive around to that. I want to dance with somebody, not the uh, not Harry Styles. Let's just get that right. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Uh, the only other film that I wanted to mention this year is Shazam 2, uh, The Fury of the Gods. I really enjoyed the first film. It was one of those where DC Universe is off to a bit of a shaky start with the, the whole Snyder verse of it all. And this one came out of nowhere almost, where it was actually this quite light film that was meant for more than just the Snyder bros of it all. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that they lean into that again and we get the the light and fun side of, of the character more so than like some of the darks. I know a lot of the, the fans of the Snyderverse want the DC universe to just be that and nothing else. So I'm really hoping we get a bit more levity from the, the comic book world as we see the year out. Um, I would thoroughly recommend it, Stu. I know you said you've not seen the first Shazam, but Mark Strong's in it for crying out loud. When he's Mark mm. Strong, not anything less than excellent. So, yeah. And obviously because we've got Black Adam and Black Adam is Shazam's or Captain Marvel's foe, 
We might even get a rock cameo. So fingers crossed on that one. Um, we've got a few films that have been bumped 12 months. They were supposed to be out this year, but they're going to be out next year by the looks of it. So Aquaman's been moved. John Wick 4, Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, Transformers Rise of the Beasts, The Flash, Indiana Jones 5, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, The Marvels, and Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget are all now going to be out next year. Anything off that list that you're looking forward to, Stu? Chicken Run? I can't listen. I've said this before. I don't know how you've not seen Chicken Run. I know. I know. I need to sort that out. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the great escape, but with poultry. It's it's superb. <laughs> um, it's yeah. We had that on um, when you used to get the the, the video man. He used to come around the pub, and we yeah. we had a pirated video of Chicken Run. <laughs> this was in the time when I had. Um, so I remember it was about the same. It's one of them tales. Um, it's around about the same time when I got a double bed, but it it, it was Dean's. I think it, it was Dean's parents. Who, anyway, there was a double bed at his house that they were they were getting rid of, and it was brand new. And we said, "Well, how I'll have it, but are we going to get it down the road? Because obviously none of us could drive at the time." And I went, "Well, if it's got wheels, we'll just push it down. It'll be fine." Because obviously his <laughs> his house is at the top of. Top of the road, and mine's like it was five minute walk away. So we we, we did it on a, on a on a weekday when there was no traffic, and pushed this double bed down the road, and just sat on it and kind of <laughs> Jesus straight down I'm the road. picturing I'm picturing last of the summer wine here. <laughs> <laughs> this this is like fifteen sixteen, and it was round about the, it, for some reason that's the round about the same time as Chicken Run came out, and I watched that video so many times. And it's it's really good, and the fact that you like you like Ardman as well, and you you've never seen it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because I've always said to my other half, "We'll watch it one weekend," but then it's just remembering to watch it when she's round, and we're gonna watch whatever film. So I I need to like write it down and leave it on a sticky note or something. I think just to remind myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, anything off that list you fancy? Uh, Chicken Run will be, <laughs> oddly enough, because it's the only film I think I've ever seen with my dad at the cinema. So, <laughs> however many years on, we'll just go watch that as a um, as like a nostalgia piece. I think. Excellent. Um, obviously, like Spider Verse for me, it's the best thing in any Marvel universe that's been done. I love the Spider Verse film, so that's high on the list. John Wick Four. It feels like we've been waiting forever since the last one. And I'm kind of fascinated what to expect from The Flash. Not even so much the film, just like how they're going to advertise it without Ezra Miller. So I just want to see what clusterfuck we're going to get of The <laughs> Flash. So that's the other one. Um, so that's us done this week. Next week, we'll be back to the question cast rotation. Uh, please make sure you've got us on the Twitter and Instagram at CageFightingPod and any emails to CageFightingPod at gmail.com. Please make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast that you're listening to us on. And if you could leave a review, we would love you forever. Uh, so for this week, Matt, would you like to say goodbye? Take it easy, everybody. Look after yourselves, check in on your pals and have a great second half of 2022. Stu, would you like to say goodbye? Do not Google docking at work. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I wouldn't, not, it wasn't docking. What was the fucking term? 
oh, forget it. I don't have to edit it. I can't remember what the term is, but it's one where like people rub up felching. I had to Google felching for some reason, and then I, I then found out what felching was, which means sucking out of an orifice. I then changed someone's name on a document to felch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent. Oh, wow. Mm, yeah, that that letter then went out for everyone to see. So yeah, that was great. <laughs> But Felch sort of sounds like a surname, so I think I got away with it. <laughs> anyway, it's goodbye from me. <laughs> and remember, be excellent to each other.